Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Two different people in separate conversations in the last few days said to me something like, you know, it's not a zero-sum game. It's not a zero-sum game. And I've been thinking about that phrase, which I've never thought that much about. The theory that economically, perhaps, or in game theory, that one person's uh, great success will necessarily involve the failure of others. A zero-sum game. And that, that concept that I, if I succeed, then someone else must fail is, is so fundamental to human nature. And yet I think uh, as an ideal, it's not Jewish at all. And yet, of course, it's very Jewish because, or it's very human, <laughs> because our, our stories, our narratives in the Torah and beyond are so full of, uh, full of strife and conflict. And so often that strife comes from a sense of, of scarcity. Like, I need the blessing. I need the inheritance. I need the wealth. The whole trope that goes through these stories that we're reading in the book of Genesis about uh, the, the, the younger getting what is, what is due the older. And the sibling rivalry that comes in, in this week's story between between Jacob and Esau, Yaakov and Esav is is phenomenal. I mean, it's it's such a powerful story. The idea that as as, as Rivka, as Rebecca is is pregnant with these twins in her womb, she's in so much pain she can feel them fighting in the womb, and God, as it were, tells her that there are two warring nations inside her belly. And from the moment they're born, there's this sense of competition. But they're so different. They're so utterly different. Esav, who comes out first, is red and hairy and a hunter. He becomes a hunter, a man of the field, Ish Sadeh. And uh, Yaakov is seen, at least by the rabbinic tradition, as being kind of like a yeshiva bocher, the one who likes books like studying, being inside the tent, he likes cooking. And these two different personalities seem to be such great reflection of the importance of each of the traits that those brothers give and bring. And yet because the way the story unfolds, and because of the idea that there is a sense that Jacob has to be the one who receives the inheritance, has to be the one who fathers the nation, has to be the one that carries on the legacy of his father and grandfather, Abraham and Isaac, has to be the one to get the blessing. That somehow there is this trick that has to happen, which is hard to read, and there are different ways of reading it. And many of the rabbinic commentaries, in order to justify the trickery, both of Jacob and of his mother, Rebecca, in order to justify that, they have to make Esau into a horrible, violent person, which it's not clear that he is. Yes, he likes hunting. 
okay, hunting can be an act of violence, but of course, the the midrash, the the rabbinic commentaries say that he was out in the field murdering people, and that he was by instinct and by inclination a, a murderer. And so when he comes back ravenously hungry from the field, and the Torah says he's been out hunting, and he sees this big pot of lentil soup that Jacob's made, and he says, give me some of that right now. And Jacob says, well, is it worth your birthright? And he says, what do I care about my birthright? Just give me some of that soup. I'm about to die. I'm so hungry. This impulsive behavior, which is seen as, as a frivolous lack of care and concern about what is what is due to him. And yet there's, there's so much more going on in this story. Yes, we can read it as being um, that it had to unfold in this particular way. And Jacob had to get the blessing and Jacob had to get the birthright and Jacob had to be the one. But we can also read these two brothers as two, two aspects, two different qualities that are both actually able to be leaders of nations. And both qualities are somehow to be admired, to be cherished. One of the most painful moments, I think, of the whole Torah is when Esav and Yitzchak, when Esau and Isaac realize what has happened and that Jacob has kind of stolen that blessing that was due to, to Esau. And Esau cries out, this sort of blood-curdling cry, Bless me too, Dad! I want your blessing too, Dad! And there is a blessing. There is a blessing for, for Esau, just as there has been for Jacob. It seems it's not a zero-sum game. How can a parent's blessing be limited? How can a parent not have different blessings for his or her different children. How can we not all be blessed without diminishing the blessing that is due the other? In the middle of this Parsha, there's this story of Isaac redigging the wells that his father had dug in the previous generation and had been blocked up by the Plishtim, by the Philistines. And Isaac and his people kind of unblock those wells, allowing water to, to flow once more. And in the process of digging those wells, in the first two cases of the three, three wells that are described, they're all given these very revealing names. And in the, the, the first one is called Esek, which implies contention, because there's there's this contention that happens in the process of digging it between the different peoples there. And then the second one is called Sitna, which is just, which is translated as enmity, because again, there was a strife and conflict. And then the third one is, is called Rechavot, 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 which is spaciousness or expansiveness. And there's no conflict there. There's just, as it were, water whether we see water as physical or, or emotional or spiritual, there's, wa there's water for, every, for everyone. It's not a zero-sum game. 
something about those wells is a very powerful kind of image that is in this story that helps us understand that ultimately ultimately it's about rechavot it's about a spaciousness a spacious awareness that there are blessings for everybody that there is abundance and not scarcity we get very caught up as a civilization in that scarcity mentality that makes us greedy it makes individuals greedy and families and nations greedy and in that greed it does become limited or seemingly limited about the resources and the resources there are enough resources in this world to feed and sustain everybody who lives in it and yet when it comes to food there are you know one billion one seventh of the world's population don't know where their next meal is coming from whilst so many of the world live in like ridiculous abundance and there's something about that idea of this third well the Ramban the medieval commentator Nachmanides says that the first well is symbolizes the first temple that was destroyed through conflict and the second well Sitna is the second temple that was destroyed by conflict and the, the third well is 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 prophesying about the, the third temple which is not something that I necessarily believe or pray for in a, in a in literal sense of a third physical temple but the idea of that consciousness of the third temple where there will be no strife and no conflict where everybody will realize that there is enough spiritual sustenance and physical sustenance to go around Rechavot, the expansiveness in uh, mystical Jewish thought there's this idea of mochin de katnut and mochin de gadlut which is very similar to a Buddhist concept of big mind and small mind when we're caught up in our katnut in our small mind mentality we we can't imagine that there can be en enough for me I see I see the success of my my colleagues whatever my professional world is or I see other people's families looking so much more happy and fulfilled than my own or I see people's you know um, wealth and, and I, I compare it to my poverty relatively and all of these ways in which I kind of have this sense of, of, of competition and jealousy envy there's this real idea of in so many professions whether it's the academic profession whatever whatever the profession is or you know of course in the in the in the world of commerce rather than celebrating our fellow uh, our fellows in, in in those worlds rather than celebrating their successes we we we, we can't when we're in that cut and place because we're like oh i can't believe they're doing so well and i'm struggling here that kind of that kind of way you know of of seeing the world gadlut <laughs> this the big mind thinking mochin de gadlut sees the success of our of our fellow travelers in this world and says baruch hashem thank god they're doing so well and recognizes that if they're doing well it's an inspiration for me to do well 
you know whether it's <laughs> I mean obviously my world as as a rabbi whether it's like the success of another community that's not my own and just seeing that as being not a zero-sum game but like we can we can we can ride on the waves of each other's success it's sometimes hard to get to that place because we we can focus in on the ways in which we're not doing so well and the financial struggles and and the people not showing up for things and those struggles all of that is part of um, a limited thinking and I think this Parsha really really invites us into Rechavot into this idea and, and it's like water coming out of a well water so many people on a geopolitical level say that the, the future wars are going to be fought over water because it is a precious resource and some, especially somewhere like the Middle East you know where there is just water is, is so in scarcity but in, in the Torah if we see water as being this infinite pool this infinite pool and the, and the well, the Be'er Be'er, the Hebrew for well is also about clarification or understanding and therefore about wisdom and the idea that wisdom is also an infinite pool spirituality is an is an infinite pool yes the story of of jacob and esau is is so so painful and yet they do eventually come back together and they 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 recognize they recognize that each of them is able to have a blessing the the reversal of the blessing is very interesting about a, the blessing from isaac to Jacob seems to be putting the gifts of of, of heaven um, connected to the tal, the dew, and the the heavenly spiritual gifts before the physical, and it's reversed for Esau. But maybe that's because Esau is much more a, a physical being and needs the blessings of the earth, and then the blessings of the heaven as a secondary thing. This constant sort of duality between the spiritual and the physical, heaven and earth which started really with the Eitz Chaim and the Eitz, um, the Eitz Adat, the, the tree of knowledge and the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is where that, that duality is established. And, this, and, and, and in a, you know, we're going to see later on Jacob's dream of the ladder with the angels that link heaven and earth. But this invitation, I... I believe of this of this Parsha with these wells these wells that Isaac has reopened from his father's time that have the possibility with that third world to give an expansiveness a consciousness of Gadlut of big mind where we can look lovingly at the successes of those around us and celebrate them knowing that they can inspire us to do well in our worlds and that we're not the same that what is working what is wonderful and what is abundant within someone else is not that's not ours as uh, rabbi jonathan Sachs says at the very end of of an essay on on this week's parsha on toldot he says the moral could not be more powerful never seek your brother's blessing be content with your own. 
Never seek your brother's blessing. Be content with your own. The strife between Esau and Jacob could have been avoided if each of them was able to see the the power and the capacity that each of them has that is unique and special to them. So, it's not a zero-sum game. It's not a zero-sum game. There is, there is, there is a, a beautiful way of seeing the world as having gifts for every single one of us so that we can receive the blessings that are just for us and in turn pass on those blessings to the next generation. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.